You're listening to the weekly Joel Klatt segment podcast. Listen to it live every Wednesday between 8 and 8.30 a.m. during the football season. Presented exclusively by Audi Flatirons in Broomfield. Exceeding your experience from the first mile to the last. As our next guest will tell you, and he is free to take his victory lap if he wants. I know, I know, he has established a reputation of being incredibly humble. But if uh, humble Joel Klatt would like to step outside of his skin a little bit and be a little bit, uh, I told you so, Joel... Uh, the, the floor is yours because it, dur- during a time in which plenty of people insisted that Jim Harbaugh was ready to jump to the NFL, all he needed was an offer, and that uh, it was a done deal that he'd be back to the NFL, you kept saying, no, I've done a lot of Michigan games the last two years. I don't think Jim Harbaugh wants to leave. In fact, you uh, even doubled down last week by saying, I think all Jim Harbaugh wants is to go above the athletic director's head, get somebody else involved to get that deal done. And before you know it, here comes Santa, Santa Ono, and the deal will get done, and he's going to stay at Michigan. So, Joel, the floor is yours. Take your victory lap. Well, that's just really not in my nature, Mike. You know <laughs> you know me, uh, guys. Uh, I will tell you, you know, the, the first thing that, that – stood out to me during this entire process is where the information was coming from. Uh, to me, this is, you know, not all that similar, but I think back to like usual suspects, you know, and it's like you, you arrest two guys and, and the one that's, that's sleeping well in the morning is probably the one that did it. Um, well, in, in this case, when you're looking at, at, coaches being hired or, or news coming out or things of that nature, you look at like which camp is, is leaking the information because generally speaking, the camp that's leaking the information is looking for leverage somewhere. And, and the camp that is not leaking the information or trying to remain quiet is the one that's trying to get something done. And for the most part during this entire process, it was actually Harbaugh's camp. Uh, that, that these little reports were coming out. Hey, I'm willing. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm willing to do this. Those were signals. Those were bat signals to the president at, at Michigan, in particular after what you saw last year with Minnesota. If he gets the offer last year from Minnesota, he's gone. Um, I believe him, though, in particular after sitting with him, uh, you know, as many times as I did over the last two years, when he said, like, okay, I'm done with that, and, and I want to be here, and I want to finish here, he told me that several times during the course of, of this season, and I believed him. Um, and so this always seemed a little bit out of left field, in particular the, the, the absolute certainty that everyone was, was saying it with. I just, I never believed it, and then certainly when, when I started having conversations with people up around Ann Arbor, it became pretty clear to me that it's like, Oh no, like this is, this is a way to circumvent, you know, the powers that be at his own place to get things done and move forward. Uh, Do you think, at what point do you think they'll announce a new contract for Jim Harbaugh? That's a good question. I would, I'm, I, to be honest with you, I've been expecting it like every day for the last seven or eight days. Yeah. Um, but it just, you know, that hasn't materialized. I don't quite know what the holdup is, although I do know this, is that negotiating with your athletic director takes, you know, hours and days. Negotiating with your president takes weeks and months because of what they're responsible for and what they're 
their duties are. And so the way that this is all played out and the fact that Ward Manuel hasn't been out there publicly, there might be some structural things going on in terms of who's involved in the athletic program. Now, I don't know that to be certain, but it, it certainly wouldn't shock me, in particular when you look at the holdup of what this, this contract actually is. Um, and what it's going to look like moving forward. Joel, should the Broncos, should Bronco fans then be thankful that uh, Santa uh, got the job done and and got involved because had he not and Harbaugh just said, fine, you don't want me, I'll leave, I'll go to the NFL, would he be? Would the Broncos be getting a guy that, that truly would have his heart into it? Did, did, the, yeah, did, I mean, did Michigan do the Broncos a favor, Broncos country a favor? I, I, I just... I gotta be, Mike, I'll be just dead honest. I just don't think Jim was ever really entertaining it. If he would have, let's put it this way. If you're really trying to get that job, why in the world would you interview on Zoom? Honestly, like you guys, this is not like, we're not traveling by train here. Like this is not coaching buggy, right? Like this is, we're, we're, these guys are all traveling, traveling private. If you really want that job, wouldn't you show up? Well, unless you unless you look at it as, hey, I, you know, you guys are coming after me. Uh, you're, 100, I'm, inter- 100% I'm interviewing you're you on a private job, right, but okay. that's what I'm saying. Even if yeah. they're coming after me, if I'm remotely serious and and I have any intention, I'm showing up in person. I don't know about you guys, and certainly I would expect that from a guy like Jim Harbaugh. So. To some extent, like, I don't know what was said in, in that Zoom, but the fact that it was on Zoom should have tipped you off. And and right. by the way, I, I fully agree with Mark. This was not a waste of time with Denver. I think that the fans and media wasted more time on this than the organization did, mm. to be quite honest with you. And they've got to vet out the process. Listen, there were candidates. Well, hold on, never mind. The, in every search, there are candidates that, that get a full vetting even though the place that's hiring those candidates has a good idea that they probably won't end up being the guy, right? And and you do that because you will learn things. In every conversation you have about this sport or the structure of an organization or a program, you learn things. And only the, the best of the best uh, are out there learning things constantly, the people that think that they don't need to do those types of things and, oh, like, I'm just going to make this decision and go with it and I don't need any outside influence, those are generally the ones that, that end up failing. So any conversation you can have with a guy that has done it as well as he has, as at, at many places as, as he has, you're going to have that conversation. But the fact that he wasn't in person, everyone, if you want, I mean, guys, if, if you really want a job, heck, you in 2000, what was it, 11, I got stranded in Phoenix trying to get to a meeting with, with one of the Fox executives. I desperately wanted to, you know, to continue my career calling college football games. I was just like a, a low man calling regional college football games. And, and it's not even like there was a number one gig open or a, the equivalent of a head coaching spot. I got stranded in Phoenix. I rented a car to drive to Palm Springs because I had another rental that I could rent there that was cheaper. I was driving through the middle of the night, got a ticket on, on my way across the California state line, lost the front grill of the car. I don't know how, got charged for that, re-rented a car. Then it was like four in the morning. I was supposed to meet the executive at UCLA at like 7.30 a.m. 
And so I thought, okay, I need an hour of sleep. Checked into a Motel 6, decided to shave, cut my chin, bleeding all over the place, slapped a huge Band-Aid on there, drove over there just to meet in person. And guess what I did? Shook his hand. What, Jim Harbaugh's going to want a coaching job in Zoom? Come on. Sean Payton, I know you've been following this as a Broncos fan. What what's your what your gut tell you about where this uh, Sean Payton pursuit's going to go? You know, I'm not sure. I know that there's going to be a lot of people that are interested in Sean Payton, and rightly so. Um, and and guys, I would have to lean on you because I don't know all the the details. To be quite honest with you, about like him still being under contract, this would have to be some sort of a Gruden trade. Isn't that right? Yeah, and he said that he, he intimated the other day on Colin Coward that it would be a mid to late first round pick, which the Broncos have. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. I mean, how would you like to sit there and say that? Well, you know, for my services, it's about a first round pick. <laughs> uh, but um, I think Coach Payton's one of the best to do it. I think that um, I was always impressed with him, even, you know, from that brief, you know, month I spent in, in off season with the Saints. He is a guy that understands how to win at the highest level. And and what I think is, is most important is that he is a guy that wouldn't put up with, you know, to be honest with you, just like Russell's crap. <laughs> and, and I think that's what the Broncos need. You know, only Russell Wilson and Mark Schlereth demand a private office <laughs> and get it. So, I don't... Well played. You know. Well played. Hey, in, in all seriousness, there's some that have said, you know, even on Orlando talked about it, like, I don't like the arrogance. Uh, I don't really like... like Sean Payton's too arrogant. You know, he would demand too much, like too much power. Um, that's not the Sean that I know, although I know he's incredibly demanding, demanding of his coaches, and, and there is a, a bit of a fear factor, which I think is a good thing. But you experienced it. You played for him for, you know, for some time. What is, like, in the on the inside, what is he like? What is he like with the players? What is he like with his coaches? I thought he was in, incredible in front of the room. I, I saw him and Drew Brees interact and and the level of respect that he gave Drew and yet how demanding he was of Drew and the entire quarterback room. Um, he was up front. He was straightforward. He was honest. Uh, guys generally really loved being there, uh, at least when I was there in New Orleans. And and his, com- his, his arrogance to me was more of a confidence. It was It was a confidence of, Listen, like I, I know how to get this done, and so this is the way that we're going to do it. And you know, get on board or don't. And those that, generally speaking, don't like to get on board, will will view that as arrogance. And the ones that do want to get on board view it as confidence and and attractive. So that's the way that I would I would view that. I will tell you a quick story though. Um, I was I was at the rookie mini camp there, and I didn't have a contract actually. And it became pretty apparent that like I, I was uh, the the more accurate quarterback at the, at the rookie mini camp. And so during you know one on ones and routes on air, we were thrown to their wide receivers, and they had just drafted a guy I believe in the second or third round named Mike Hass, who was a Blitnikoff Award winner out of Oregon State. And everyone thought, like, oh, man, he's going to be great. He's going to be this great wide receiver. And then they had selected some other guy late late, late in the draft that year. 
And, and you know, Sean comes up to me and he's like, hey, throw this one on the back shoulder of this guy. Oh, okay, now, like, stretch him out. Like, let him go. Okay, take him down to the ground, like, low and away. So I was doing that, and I thought he was impressed with me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm throwing it well, man. I'm spinning it today. Woo! And it, turned, it turns out the guy was Marcus Colston. Uh-huh. And he comes up, and he's like, that's going to be our best wide receiver. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he saw it. He saw it in routes on every one-on-one in rookie minicamp. Before anyone had ever gotten there, he saw it, that, that Colston was better than Mike Haas in that one day. And I actually think that drill is actually what earned me the contract because I did throw the ball probably as better, best as I did the entire my entire life, maybe. And so he, he gave me a contract at the end of that rookie minicamp. That's awesome. Hey, Coach, uh, yeah, Colston was great, but uh, how about me? <laughs> I was, I was surprised it's no one, but I was like, oh, man, I am spending it today. Watch out, Breeze. All right, Joel, good stuff, as always. Love it. Thank you, man. You got it. Have a good one, fellas. Joel Klatt, lead college football analyst at Fox Sports, who drove through the night to uh, get that job and uh, cut his chin shaving, but mm-hmm. uh, it's all part of the legend, and he is brought to us by Audi Flatirons. Hello, this is Ryan Watson, Vice President and General Manager of Audi Flatirons and Audi Boulder Service. When was the last time a dealership delivered the experience you were looking for? Have you ever felt that buying a car was solely about making the sale? It should be about the relationship, beginning with your commitment to do business with us and continuing through the years to follow. Our team is dedicated to exceeding your expectations from the first mile to the last. Come see us in person or visit us online at AudiFlatirons.com or AudiBoulderService.com.